Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's Saturday, which means it's time for the Front Free Q&A podcast with me, Adam Boltwood, the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Hey, how you doing? The stat man himself, Dave O'Brien. A more flexible stat man, I'd have to say. He's been doing yoga. And the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Hennage. Good evening. He is in. Guys, how are we all doing on this lovely Saturday morning? Love and life? Good. The Love sun is shining. Yeah. You can tell Dave's on yoga, can't you? I mean, he sounds m- much more relaxed. You sound a bit more mellow, Dave. <laughs> not, not as stressed as, as later, you know, as earlier in the season. Maybe, maybe this is what I need to do. Every time United play, do some yoga afterwards. Did you manage to get your leg behind your head or is that not, well, I'm, not possible? I'm, I'm building for that. That's right. what I'm going for. That's yeah, a separate that. project, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. nothing to do with yoga, lads. Anyway, listen, it, big fixture this weekend. The biggest North London derby of all time, Lawrence. It's Arsenal v Tottenham. People are calling it a total decider, even though it's not... What's your thoughts on the game? It is for Spurs, isn't it? Well, what are, um, your th- what are your thoughts going into this game? Which way do you think it's going to go? Because I'm feeling pretty confident, actually, as a Spurs fan. I think you should feel pretty confident uh, because, I mean, you know, look at the way your team's playing right now. They're playing really fantastically. Um, uh, th- you'd imagine also that if they go with more confidence into the tie, um, the, mem- the m- 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 momentum is with them somewhat. Um, and not only that, but you, you feel like Arsenal tactically have been found out by a number of people this season. So... Uh, is Pochettino going to be able to outthink Wenger? What was the score in the earlier London derby, though, Adam? Oh, the last one was uh, bloody Flamini came and uh, beat us. That was a League Cup, however. Um, I now, think there the you league... go, you see. That's what I mean. Is, is Arsenal have a bit of a habit of kind of pulling out a ridiculous result just when they need it? <sighs> and, and when I say need it, I mean, you know, uh, sort of, oh, we can, we can still score up Spurs chances for the title. I definitely, it feels like they need this one. They're not out of the title race, of course. Um, if they do lose, you mean this game. when you say title, do you mean do you mean their race as a top four or the actual title? No, no. I mean, <laughs> I, I think if Spurs beat Arsenal, Arsenal not out of the title race yet. Um, I think it's a bit of a right. blow. To, I mean, mathematically, to... <clears throat> no, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. But I think three defeats in a row is a big psychological impact. I mean, we were talking on Wednesday about how this team is quite mentally frail. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts going into this one? I think the pressure is on Arsenal, personally. <clears throat> Even though yeah. Tottenham are, are higher in the league at this present moment and arguably closer to winning the league title, I think the pressure is on Arsenal because of the results they've accrued recently. They've not really looked that convincing since the turn of the year. And 
again, you're you're looking forward a little bit with this in the sense that, from an Arsenal perspective at least, could this be Wenger's last season? And could these essentially be the the broken building blocks that we see during his final days? Whereas for Tottenham, I think things are a lot more positive. Yes, you know, you've, you've got Harry Kane, I think, playing in the mask again, I would imagine. He's probably not mm-hmm. fully recovered. So that's not ideal. But if you're looking at the separate side's futures it feels a lot more positive to be a Tottenham fan at the minute because, again, you're on course for Champions League, assuming you don't win the league, which will, again, as I'm sure we'll come on to talk, net you a sizable sum, will improve the calibre of player you can speak to in the summer. Whereas Arsenal, the future is actually really uncertain. You don't know who your manager is going to be come August next year. You also don't really know who's going to be your star turns because there's chance maybe down one narrative where Sanchez leaves or you go out and spend a, a lot of money. So it's it's an uncertainty for Arsenal fans that I, I don't really envy. It, what's funny is it, it's uh, it, Arsenal are suddenly in Tottenham's position. In terms of? Just being, you know, uh, <laughs> not being sure who their manager is going to be next season. Right, uh, right, right. Being, I, I think you know, not in the ascendancy. I actually think if you look at the, the bigger picture... They are actually a lot like Tottenham in the sense that you remember, was it? I think it was Roy Keane famously said that Alex Ferguson gave them a talk at White Hart Lane once, kind of <laughs> saying, "This is only Spurs. You know, you can go out and you can turf these because they're mentally weak." Actually, I think, if you I think look his at exact Arsenal, words, oh. his exact words were, "Come on, guys, it's Tottenham." <laughs> That's what yeah, he said. <laughs> exactly. They had cultivated. Yeah, but Adam, I think at the same time he was saying they're mentally weak. Now, I'm not saying that uh, <laughs> yeah. complete grat- gratification for me. But if a legend of the game is saying that, and Sir Alex <laughs> Ferguson, then I feel like, you know, that's two big people there, Adam. You feel, you feel fully uh, justified. Yes, vindicated. That is yeah. the exact word. Mm. Um, Dave, listen, yeah. I want you to give me a score prediction for this game. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. What the fuck? I'm going to go downward dog. What? What? I'm going for 2-1 Spurs. Lawrence, give me a score prediction. I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. Cool, I love you. I always loved you, Lawrence. Chris? Yeah. Uh, I think Spurs will win 2-1. Yes. Yeah, whatever, Dave. No I think it's, all, it's, it's going to be one in the, in the midfield, and I'm just sort of wondering where are... I mean, are Arsenal going to try and bypass Spurs midfield? Or, you know, what are they going to do to get the ball mm. beyond the, you know, the like... Is Dembele injured? Yeah, he's not going to be there for this one. Yeah, but I think so that's why Arsenal are going to win it. That, does, but I think at the same time... Does that, mean, Dembe- does that mean Deli Alley sitting in a two? Um, he should be fit, yes. Yeah, so it's up to Pochettino whether he does play him in that two or ahead. Yeah, exactly. Because there's um, a bit of space there for Deli Alley, isn't there? At the same time, we're talking about Dembele missing. Of course, Petr Cech's missing after uh, going out to that corner. Kishelny's yeah. out. <laughs> uh, Ospina, though, obviously a capable goalkeeper, so we'll have to see whether it actually affects them. Um, but I think I'm feeling confident. I am feeling confident getting into this one. So hopefully Spurs are going to win. Three of us have predicted Spurs win. Dave goes against the grain 2-1 to Arsenal, he says. Um, but let's move on to a little bit of chat about the old European Super League. So earlier, we were talking about this on Wednesday, about this meeting uh, of the so-called elite clubs in England, meeting with, well, representatives of an American billionaire to talk about the European Super League. Now, Arsenal came out and denied that they talked about the European Super League, but they did admit they were talking about changes to the existing format of European competitions. And essentially, an executive for Relevant Sports, which is the, the company owned by the American billionaire, has come out and basically uh, he's basically admitted as much that they were discussing that about automatic qualification 
for some of the biggest teams. Now, this is something that is not just English clubs that are talking about this. We're looking at European clubs as well, clubs that maybe have, you know, not performed so well in the league, they've missed out on the Champions League, they want to try and ensure they can still be part of that competition, that they can still get the financial rewards that are there. And it's the European Club Association on behalf of these clubs who are pushing for this um, with UEFA. Now, Stili, Stilitano, I believe his name is, yeah. Charlie Stilitano has come out with some pretty... Yeah. Uh, mental? Mental was one word for them. I'd say inflammatory quotes about this automatic... Uh, qualification and he's trying it looks like he's trying to put forward an argument as to why there should be automatic qualification for bigger clubs such as Manchester United who may not make the Champions League this season now his exact quotes were what would Manchester United argue did we create soccer or did Leicester create it who has had more of an integral role in European football Manchester United or Leicester it's a wonderful story but you could see it from Manchester United's point of view too. So he's essentially saying that these clubs may not have qualified, they may not qualify for the Champions League, but they deserve to be in it because of the role they've had, financially or otherwise, uh, in the growth of European football. Now to me, and I'm sure... I'm all, I, I don't get this. I do not get this. I'm all for hearing, I'm all for hearing people out. And uh, you know, before we came on the podcast, I know it's sort of dangerous to talk about things that you don't fully have all the information on, but Gab Marcotti tweeted me back uh, and said, really? uh, if you listen to the audio, that adds full context. So he tweeted me, so I'm going to go back down to all the other tweets I've got. Um, he's laying out an argument for it. Full audio makes it obvious he's not advocating it. Either, I mean, and he, what basically he's saying is that the English press have taken it out of context. Mm. Um, but, I mean, even then, you'd sort of say, I mean, there are a couple of areas where there's clearly been parts of the quote removed, right? But even then, that quote on its own, what would Manchester United say? Have they created your bit? There's just no argument. That's not an argument. That's what I think. Because I think it, even it, if, if Leicester were at their peak, if Liverpool were at their peak, if Arsenal, if Tottenham were at their peak, anyone could say we were there for the beginning of it. Now, I know that Manchester United were the first clubs to float themselves on the stock market and, and all those kind of things. But this is just, this is more naturalisation of money within football. It's bollocks. Mm, I think that's the thing. Even if he's not advocating it, I think that logic and that argument is ridiculous. I think that's a ridiculous it's the same thing. Same to well, say. We might as well hear Donald Trump out. It just it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and that's never a good idea. But that's what I'm saying is that it, as, as, uh, we've got to listen to him. But at the same time, free speech does not mean therefore you're right. Mm. Free speech means you're welcome to your opinion. But that doesn't make you right. And what the problem is is that just because you're a billionaire, you get to speak with a louder voice than other people. But this is what I was trying to say on Wednesday. This is, although maybe they weren't actually talking about a European Super League, this is definitely a worrying sign because this is almost, it almost seems like a negotiating tactic where they're like, oh, we're going to talk about breaking away and making a European Super League. Unless UEFA, you promise us wild cards that the, you know, the president of Barcelona has spoken about before, unless you offer us concessions, be it automatic qualification, be it more prize money, whatever it is, it seems worrying that these clubs are getting together with this mindset. Does it not, Kristen? Yeah. It does. I mean, you go back to, let's say, the first <clears throat> ever UEFA Cup in, in 71, 72. Wolverhampton Wanderers were in it. Southampton were in it. Leeds were in it. D does that mean that... That's the beauty of it, isn't it? They qualify. They deserve to be there. I think it's just reductionist history. I think that's mm. the problem, is that what's conscious in, in the minute is seen as the entire history. Actually, you could argue a number of English clubs have played an important role in 
in raising or monetizing soccer in that sense. So to say that <clears throat> Manchester United have a greater stake than Leicester City, I think that ignores the contribution of all. It, it mm. takes many hands to row one ship, and it's quite frustrating to see someone boil it down, whether he's supporting it or just putting forth the argument for, for devil's advocate's sake. It, it's a little bit frustrating to hear. It's very frustrating, especially he's played, it's a similar role to the one that Donald Trump, uh, his his uh, basically his PR guy is saying because so someone said well Don you know Donald Trump says this he says that the guy says hey he's just trying to start a conversation here guys and you sort of think right well the point is you're meant to be like a responsible member of society you're meant to be someone who's kind of I think you know basically someone at, who's built themselves up to this level I, there's no argument for saying that any club deserves to be in the Champions League more than other. Unless, of course, the word champion is next to their name. I think that the, the worrying thing is, I think what this is all stemming from, is that you know the clubs in Italy and Germany and Spain, as you mentioned on Wednesday, that they are worried about the financial muscle of the Premier League. And they're not getting in on that financial deal. They want to ensure that they do get the maximum possible revenue from the Champions League. They want to make sure they're in that competition. Because they feel that if they're in that competition, they can compete. I mean, I mentioned the, the president of Barcelona uh, earlier, uh, Bartomeu. His exact quotes from February were, sometimes for the interest of football, why not give wild cards? Like in tennis, sometimes the top players are not qualified and are given wild cards. For the interest of football, it could be that a wild card is given to certain clubs. That's not my what decision, What about the of interest of football? You share the money out in your fucking league, mate. Exactly. What about the interest of football? You stop spending so much money. It does seem to Bollocks. be quite a transparent... Richer clubs trying to make themselves richer. The greed that is driving it all is quite... I think it's quite shocking, to be honest. It made me quite angry when I read the quotes. I Do mean, you know who was in the semi-final of the first ever European Cup? Go on, hit me. Four, four teams. Real Madrid, Milan. Can you guess either of the other two? I've got one of them. <clears throat> well, Wolverhampton. Eintracht, no. Frankfurt. No. No? <laughs> no. Uh, no. One of them was Scottish, one of them was French. Celtic? Nope. Rangers? Nope. Hearts. Kilmarnock. Nope. Nope. Okay. Mean, Dundee. I, I, no. It's probably not a thrilling listen for the listeners. So maybe. Just... Burnley. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh yes. Oh no. Yeah. Hibernia. I was just. I was just checking oh, yeah. to see if you and, guys. <laughs> and Stade de Rem of France. I think everyone's, team. everyone's favourite Stade. And they played Real Madrid in the final and lost four mm three. -hmm. That was in the interest of football, wasn't it? Now, do you consider Hibs and Stade de Rem important players in? No, because it's not really talked about. But I think that. But if you want to recognise the history, then you can't really partition anyone because it is such a cyclical competition. It mm. is something that peaks and troughs. Look at the end of the last decade when England really dominated the competition. I think they had three out of four semi-finalists at one stage. That, that, Does that mean you make it? But I think the thing is, we've evolved to this point now where the financial rewards are so huge. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Because that, that, that when you miss out on those financial rewards. That's that's the problem. The, the money's so huge in football now that the fear factor is so big as well. These clubs missing out on this money affects them so massively that they can't. Then don't compete. mismanage. Would be yes. mine. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> I mean, look, look at Dortmund for example. There's a club that again were on the very brink of liquidation mm. and managed to slowly rise themselves up to the point where they played in the Champions League final at Wembley against Bayern Munich. Under this proposal, mm. they would never have the opportunity to do that. Unless you want to start voting parties in and saying, well, actually, Team X has been quite poor for three or four years. We think you should leave the competition and we'd like to bring in this wild card of Borussia Dortmund. I think which, it's... again, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's, I appreciate, I believe this chap is American. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. 
Charlie Studiano. The single entity system of America, relative at least to soccer, was born out of necessity. The start of Major League Soccer, there was actually only a few people that ran a lot of the teams. There was, in fact, a number of teams run by just one individual. That is not the situation in Europe. We have a thriving league. We have a league that is genuinely rooted in the respective communities of these clubs mm. and has been for years. We don't need to start closing things off to anyone because I, to us that is the beauty of football, that you can evolve and raise yourself to the very elite 100%. from the very bottom. I think that's uh, General Lorenzo's tweet in the question saying, what's your opinion of the potential Super League? I think we all agreed it's a bad idea. The same with automatic Champions League qualification or any sort of wildcard system. It's just... I mean, I'm not necessarily agreed it's a bad idea. I, I think oh, it would be... I think it'd be. I think it would be interesting. I think, it, but uh, part of me thinks form new clubs to make it. So make yourself some new businesses because I think there's a huge irony in in him saying uh, the phrase. Uh, I think we tweeted it earlier from our account. Uh, you know, oh, what do Manchester United think of Leicester coming in? We sort of be like, what do you wait to think of you coming in, mate? Like, <laughs> what's yeah, what if, you, you know, know he's sort of like, yeah, well, exactly. It's sort of like he's going, well, I mean, you know, Manchester United are an established institute, you know, not like UEFA, of course, who run the Champions League. And then, but this bloody Leicester coming in and thinking they can ruin the Champions League. I mean, who the hell are they? And it just doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Bloody ruined it. Yeah, you bloody ruined loves, it. It's supposed to be just us rich guys up here. <laughs> Basically, it reveals what a shitty outlook he has mm. or outlook he's portraying. But I don't think now, that's, maybe but the I think British press have gone too far. We, we should point out it's not just him. I think that these... I There's think a lot of people with a shitty outlook. These clubs. David yeah, Cameron, welcome. But the so-called elite clubs have, have this outlook as well. No, they don't. I think the elite clubs... No, I think the problem is, I think the elite clubs, it's obviously in their interest to hear people out on these things. And the part part of the problem is they're worried that if they don't go to these meetings, they won't be seen as an elite club. It's the same as if you don't go to... I think Ed Woodward is of the opinion that... Ed Woodward's of the opinion of a lot of things. He would want to ensure that they... If there's automatic qualification on the table for Manchester United, he wants to ensure he's part of that. If there's wild cards, he wants to push that as well. I don't think that's... I, I don't think those elite clubs are against that at all. I think I, I don't because know if they're, they're for or against now. it. I just think they don't they don't want to miss out on being part of that conversation. Yes. Well, listen, we let's crack on with the questions. I was going to ask one more thing Go relative on. to the finances. How much do you think one Malmo earned last season just by playing in the group stage? Malmo. Mm. Twelve million. More. Fifteen million. More. We've had a lot of guests tonight, haven't we? <laughs> 19 million euros they got just for being in the group stages. 19 or 19? 19. Juventus, Oof. they're closer to They actually got, I believe, 89 million for finishing second. Uh, you get 100 million next year finishing bottom. So you get 100 million pounds for finishing bottom of the Premier League. <laughs> that, yeah, how many euros? I would argue that's part that? of the reason that they want this. Mm. is because, again, it, it's that idea of the, you have to find ways to compete with in this case, the Premier League's mm. rising money. So how do yeah, you do that? You make sure that. you've got this stream of, of European I understand revenue. the motivation, but I, uh, you know, I think there is also that selfishness in there and it's just not for the good of the game. So anyway, Where does that money come from? UEFA's coffers? Well, or the ICC. I mean, you know, <laughs> another one of his quotes was, uh, you read the lineup for the ICC next season and you'd think, is this the Champions League? And he was like, no, the Champions League is PSV and Ghent. Yeah, rather, uh, for some reason, for some reason, he seems to think. Uh, I mean, uh, credit good. to him. I mean, he knows who Ghent are, unless he says, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's PSV and Ghent. But I mean, even then, yeah, you're sort right. of saying, well, like, okay, that's good that it's PSV and Ghent. What's your issue with it being PSV mm. and Ghent? That's very interesting. Um, listen, let's crack on with some questions. Chris is sending a good one here. 
analyzing honors one. He's on the podcast, mate. Individual talent. Is it bizarre to say Iniesta is better than Zidane? Now that's an interesting debate. I think I've discussed that before. Iniesta has won far more, been a far more successful player than Zidane. Maybe individual talent-wise, a lot of people would say Zidane's better. But what do you reckon, Dave? Iniesta. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's always Iniesta for me. Cool. I think he's a better player. Absolutely. I think he, tactically he's better than Zidane. Tactically, he has more. He had a, a you know he's got a better ability of you know when to press, when to sit, and all that type of thing. Zidane was a you know he was a a brilliant player, but you, you know you look at how many trophies he's won, you'd say that tactically sometimes he would got found out or he potentially didn't do his work. And I think that's what Iniesta does. He can do everything. Iniesta's going to be a player that's going to is massively underrated because of Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. But he is by so far the best part. midfielder. You know, one of the best midfielders in Europe. You know, up there with Sergio Busquets. Is he that Barcelona than, midfield? Is he better than Zidane, though? Yeah, I'd say he's better than, than Zidane. Definitely. Listen, I'd say they're as good as. As good as. No, I'd say better. I go for it. They're just rated. Um, there's a question here Funny from Virginia up. Blues That's on Twitter for you, Lawrence. Lawrence, <laughs> are you still enjoying football, or has money ruined it for you? I have no problem with. I think this is the biggest problem: is that people seem to think I have some sort of massive emotional investment in it. Um, <laughs> He doesn't uh, care at all. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just money to me. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, the, the, I still care about it, obviously. But it, it, obviously, it does take away from aspects of it. But then you, the, the good thing about when you lose one, when one door closes, Adam, another door opens. Oh, I love it. Um, the other, the other door is Biggles Wage United. Here's a, here's a question. You can I think listen we, to Lawrence's we, squash podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think actually uh, it's uh, badminton. Lawrence, you can talk about this one as well. Taha I'm Ali trying. said, "What is mentality? Can't stand these cliches being thrown around anymore." I wouldn't say that's a cliche because I think uh, we talked about this a lot last week. The, the, the football and success in football, there's a lot of different elements. You know, what I was saying: physical, tactical, technical. Mentality is one of those. The mental aspect of the game. That is a, an aspect of football. Can these players cope with the psychological pressures? They're human beings. I think that's what, it's not necessarily a cliche. No, I mean, everyone knows, obviously everyone's got a brain. Um, they do, hopefully. And so therefore you have a mentality, I guess. I mean, it, it, I mean, how far do you want to go? Do you want to go down the route of um, sort of, you know, obviously everyone's got their ego and those kind of things. And you'd imagine that there are sports psychologists who might say you should play into that. Some would say you shouldn't play into that. Some, all different sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, basically, it's also an intangible, which allows a lot of people to speak in very broad terms. And maybe also, I think that is part of the problem, is it does sort of open doors, which we 
we've not properly mapped out yet. So when we mm. talk about certain things, maybe you mean mentality in a slightly different way to me, Adam. Mm. And so, you know, obviously when we say leg, you know that we mean leg. But <laughs> when we say mentality, so he, when he broke his leg, we both know he broke his leg. But when right. you say, well, it's, he looks like a, a broken man out there, that can mean very different things to it's you. It's a more right? vague concept. And, and you know, so for instance, take Zidane and you know what Dave was saying. You could say, did Zidane have a good mentality because he turned around and headbutted uh, Matarazzi uh, in the chest, or did he have a bad mentality because he lost it during the game and lost his cool and therefore let his team down? Now, some people you could argue both ways, so it's a partly there's there's values involved with that as well, you know. There are indeed, Chris. And let me throw this one to you. Um, could Manchester City fall out of the top four? If so, who will take their place? My guess is West Ham. That was from Jameer LA Monster 24 on Twitter. Kristen, they could Manchester City fall out of top four and who's going to take that place? They could, but they won't. There's, there's too much Boom. infrastructure set up there now, I think, for them to, to ever fail. They've, they've got enough money to keep adding, uh, essentially, an extra coat of paint to the team in terms of adding new players and the, the truly elite, the likes of De Bruyne and, and Sterling, etc. Imagine and if Yaya Torre went rogue. And we're just like, oh, fuck it. I hate Pep Guardiola. I'm going to start scoring own goals. Um, I have <laughs> thought that on. before, you know. If a player has ever been tempted, you used to kick it into his own net due to sheer frustration. Yeah. Um, do you think, do you, I mean, you know, Yaya's not going to be there next season because he doesn't want to work with Pep Guardiola. Mm. I don't think Pep Guardiola wants to work with him. But can you imagine if he was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm leaving. And, and you're not, you're not going to have the Champions League next season. Um, but I, I think, like I said, I, I think as well they have a strong enough academy set up now that in the coming years you will start to see genuine production from that. I was quite surprised mm. actually to see them uh, allow George Evans to go to Reading. I thought he had a lot of potential for that team um, and, and did represent actually kind of City as a club because he came through all the, the age groups. If he's being turned away, you have to think they've got even more talent in there potentially. I know Jack Byrne, who's at F SC Camber in, in Holland, he's doing quite well. Uh, with with that adjustment period and, and moving up to professional football, mm. so I, I can't see them dropping out. If if I let's say, use Lawrence's theory here that Yaya Toure does go rogue and they start <laughs> dropping out, that's the only way. You'd have to say, assuming that the the top four stay the same, Tottenham are probably the most likely to to fill that spot at the minute, just because of how organised they are as a as a football club, let alone as a, a team of players. Yeah, mm. but I think he means in the Premier League. So Tottenham already sort of in there so um, a new competitor altogether then, you, yeah, you, I, I, I just thought you meant West just Ham. in the league I think he meant just in the league table because if oh, you look okay. at the league table obviously uh, City are <laughs> fourth right now yeah, yeah United are obviously in the league definitely um, um, that means it, that does mean he's putting uh, West, Ham. West Ham ahead of Liverpool who are only mm -hmm. six points off top four and Manchester United who are only what uh, five points off top four consistent Liverpool though I think for my liking we've yeah, got I mean, the same amount of points as City yeah, oh, they've got a game in hand. They've got a game in hand. And that's and isn't that bizarre that Manchester United have had a terrible season and people pick that out? <laughs> yeah. And yet City are being billed as you know title. You know they're still not it's out of the title. It's, it's always and they've weirdly, had a brilliant. It's weirdly good for Guardiola, the City are underperforming because he can sort of come in and uh, look really good essentially. Um, but here's, here's a good question from David D Shanahan nine thirty on Twitter. Thank you very much for your question. This is a very good question. I like this. Who could Arsenal? realistically bring in if Fenger did leave. Now, I was talking about this with an Arsenal supporting friend of mine last week. The actual favourites to replace Arsenal Wenger, the favourite is Dennis Burkamp. 
Lawrence. The second favourite is Roberto Martinez. The third is mm. Ronald Koeman. And the fourth is Diego Simeone. Bloody hell. There's not a lot of options out there. I think this, this is what I was sort of talking about on Wednesday. People were saying they lost the title when they didn't employ the likes of Guardiola Klopp and Schott when they may have had the chance. Slim Pickens out there at the moment. We're also assuming that those, that those managers would like to go to Arsenal. I mean, they're of a course, good club. But at the same time, you know, there are other big institutions, I guess. But who, who, um, who is a realistic one? I mean, Burkamp obviously... Kristen uh, knows a bit more about Burkamp and the setup that's kind of there. I, I, you know, I, I don't only think it's Burkamp doing well in Holland, is it, Chris? There's sort of a team of guys there. Even mm. if Burkamp's sort of the, not the face of it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a group. It's I mean, Overmars is a sporting director. Funnily enough, I was talking to um, Mikhail Jongsman, who runs Opta in Holland. I forget nice. the name that goes after it. The, you know, the Upta, as they say. Yeah. Um, Upta. So... He was kind of saying that actually they're, they're really poorly organised. Um, Great. enough, he was actually saying the opposite, that the first team is a little bit of a mess. And I know that Overmars in particular has had a lot of criticism for constantly trying to buy people from abroad. So they brought Amin Yunus in from Germany. They brought Sonogo in as well. He then was kind of shipped off quite quickly after looking really poor in the, the second team. So again... Yes, they have some really promising young prospects. Abdelak Nouri is one that, that sticks out for me whenever I catch young Ajax. Because um, you can actually watch the highlights and stuff on their YouTube channel. Like, the media side is great. Um, but I, I don't Dennis see... Dennis Bergkamp's enough. nailed that. Well, well, that's the thing. If I remember right, I think he's a striking coach. I think he works with the forwards. And you've, you've seen a little bit of an improvement in Malik. I think he's a little bit underrated in Holland. Um, mm. The idea that he's a successor to Lewandowski, though, I think is a little bit grand. I'm not sure if he's Ooh. ever going to be kind of do near you, that. Could, I mean, do you think that's part of the problem? Is that actually the perception of all these young coaches is that obviously Bergkamp, because of where he's from and because of what he did in the game, is going to bring in a similar f- system? And we're just completely overlooking the fact that Arsene Wenger, well, Arsene Wenger's instilled so much at Arsenal that the next manager, they really, Arsenal, have to look as an institution where they're moving next. Football-wise, like, you know, Wenger instilled everything. Where do they go next? You could argue the total opposite. In the sense that, I mean, one of the things that we keep coming back to with Arsenal, and I'm loath to use the M-word that was just lamented by one of the questioners, Mm. is the fact that they can't perform when the pressure is on them and when the onus is on them to dictate the game. That's when they've crumbled this season. When, Like the Manchester United game, they were expected to go there and get the job done and simply didn't. They, they were very timid, they were very meek in the first kind of 15-20 minutes. I think if you were to bring in someone like Diego Simeone... Diego Simeone. Yeah, but you can't. Why? Because he he's... Won't he's fit. He won't he'll fit well, I mean, so. Well, he no, won't. Not, not right now, but I mean, surely bring in his own guy. But who then? Lawrence, give me one name. I genuinely, I, don't, I mean, I think there's a lot of managers who could fit in there. Um, I don't know if, I mean, you know, we've, we've seen uh, Pochettino step up from uh, Southampton. Obviously, they won't go for Poch, but, you know, could, would they go for a Koeman in the meantime? Or are they, are Arsenal going to go for, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do hear the name Thierry Henry banded around. Another Ryan Giggs situation. It's yeah. going to be Carl in like two years. They'll yeah, but Dave, what do they do gone. before that? That's it. Well, Wenger will still be manager until then. Listen, they're not, yeah, not going to are... sack him, are they? He's got a contract till 2017, I think. They're gunners and they're gunning, guys. They are gunning. Cocks and winding... they're cocking, Lawrence. Yes, but don't make that joke, Dave, because it offends people. Yes, it does. Do not say that. We are, <laughs> we are winding down. I'm going to give you 
each, a couple of questions each. I want quick answers. Okay. Okay, 20, 30 seconds, max. Oh, okay. I'm going to come to Dave first with this question. Dave, Miguel Mena asks, woo-woo Miguel on Twitter said, do you think PSG have a chance of winning a UCL? He says a UCL, not the UCL, interestingly. Hey, yes, definitely. I don't think this season, I don't think they're good enough this season. Um, I think they've got to sign a few more players. Uh, you know, you look at that defence, Thiago Silva's good, the full-back's obviously no right-back anymore because of obvious issues. Left-back, Kazawa's look good, but mm. he needs to progress a bit more. So, in a few years, yes, definitely, yes. but not now, not in the next two, I'd say. At Hamam M said, my question is for Loscast. What okay. do you think of the FSG managerial agenda at Liverpool and are they one of the best club owners in the Premier League? Um, well, I mean, ask Brendan Rodgers. Uh, they, they're very visible. You'd argue that there's a, you know, there's a lot of positives to what um, they do there. They've obviously, they're going to give him what most people are uh, calling a war chest, um, uh, which is apparently the biggest war chest any manager is ever going to be given. So that's probably, you know, just a little bit more than uh, the 100 million that uh, Brennan Rodgers had. Um, they are, they're not terrible owners, but at the same time, I think they've messed up quite a few things. But what I do think is when they have messed up, then they've, they've looked at the solutions very quickly. So I'd say they're a, they're a decent organisation. I still, I'm obviously going to question any kind of uh, monetary investment. I think anyone mm-hmm. can be critical of that. So they're good. I don't think they're the best, but I think they're good. Ooh, Jack Pringle said, this is for you, Kristen. Does Steve McLaren still deserve to be in the Newcastle job? No. Um, <laughs> oh, no, uh, Chris. I, I, I say that, I mean, deserve is a very emotional word. What I would say is, is he the best person for the job? No. And, and I say that because, again, I, I tweeted this out during the week when I was watching Stoke. I just don't understand his decisions. That, that's the problem. And, and by no means am I a sage when it comes to football tactics. Um, I mean, I have guided Ajax to four consecutive league titles on Football Manager, but let's not talk about that. Um, it's it's the fact that I mean I look at Stoke as a case study you start with Johan Gufran who is quite a defensive winger you want to keep a nil-nil fine that's understandable you then bring on Emmanuel Riviere who's a very poor striker technically on a windy night at Stoke Uh and someone who again has been pretty much absent for most of the season largely due to injury when you have Seydou Dumbia on the bench when you have Iose Perez on the bench you then bring those players on later and both of them outperform Riviere consistently in terms of their input into the game. In fact, Dumbia fashions the best chance that you put together across the 90 minutes. And but for an exceptional save by Jack Butland, gets you back in the game. So it's, it's the fact that he's presented consistently with so many obvious choices, yet manages to make really weird ones. And I can't tell whether he's overthinking things or he's overcomplicating things. And the fact that just yesterday... He had a bit of a spat with a journalist where he uh, accused him of having an agenda and the journalist fired back and said, you're out of your depth. I'm kind of inclined to agree with the, the journalist on this. I do think at this point he's out of his depth. And, and to reference Mikhail Youngsman once again, he told me that, that kind of when he was at 20, when it went really poorly, it went really poorly because McLaren is so invested in his idea, and I stress idea singular, that he doesn't shy away from it. And if, as we've talked about, whether it be on here or the Football Republic or wherever, flexibility is so vital in terms of modern management. I just previewed Velko Panovic, the Chicago Fire head coach, this week for 4 and he talked about needing to be flexible. And I just don't see that with McLaren. 
and I've definitely gone over 30 seconds. You did. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah. These ones, let's keep them brief. Oh, Lance Werner, Dave, said, which current player can break closest World Cup record and when? My money's on Muller in 2018. Yeah, Thomas Muller or Neymar, maybe. Blimey, that was very brief. Um, Lawrence, here's a question for you. Jason Diaz said, what is better, Messi's right foot or Ronaldo's left foot? Ooh. Um, Messi's right foot. Ooh, interesting. I would have said Ronaldo's left foot myself. Really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, mm. he, no, I'm into it. I'm into them both, mate. But... Also, FIFA tells me. Um, Kristen, <laughs> <laughs> Kristen uh, Jack Pringle again said, is this the best Premier League season ever? No. No. Thanks. Because? Shit. Because the next one will be the best one. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably won't be in it. Final question. Pistol said, Lawrence, is the sun overrated? Uh, no, it provides it provides much I energy. Knew he was going to we... do this. I knew it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I knew he was going to say, feels all life on this planet. How it does feel all life. I think it's, uh, I think the sun... Yeah, of course the sun's overrated. Yeah, it gives, no, it gives Superman his powers and everything. So. He's not as good as no, the father, uh, though, is he? Yeah, I know. I, oh, very good. All the Holy Spirit. I do think um, I do think the sun as a paper is not really rated by many people. I just think it's sort of the um, best of a bad bunch, maybe the lesser of some people's evils. It's a deplorable mess of the newspaper, to be truly, truly honest. Final question yeah. is from But Cameron, we'll still take their money. No, Cameron we Sager. I mean, after, no, I think we just need to say... The fact that they ran a headline and a front page this week that was entitled The Pedo in the Speedo. Yeah, my yeah. God. That was absolutely deplorable. And the fact that even now, even with all the Hillsborough, Calvin McKinney, all that stuff, they still go for that lowest hanging It's not even lowest hanging fruit. It's the fruit that's fallen on the floor at this point. The fact they still go for that in 2016 baffles yeah. me. It's almost as like if they're stuck in the past. Final question. Uh, it's from Cameron Sager. What is the closest thing to Steph Curry, a player who can consistently score from anywhere on the field in soccer history? You'd say the closest thing to Steph Curry is Lionel Messi in terms of you know the elevation uh, of the greatest player in the sport. But in terms of a player who can consistently score from anywhere on the field, that's pretty tough. Um, what do you reckon, Lawrence? Is, is there anyone? I don't know. And who also just consistently... Is it messy still? Because he can score outside the box. It's free kicks. He can tap it in. He can lob it over the keeper. He can do anything. I think the Messi Messi's also closest to the kind of moment right now, isn't he? Mm. Um, but I think the point would also be... I mean, there's also equivalence between Steph Curry and Messi because Messi and Steph Curry were both sort of told, look, physically, you don't necessarily suit this sport. Um, Curry was now, to do with his ankles, though, wasn't it? For who? Curry was... It was an issue with his ankles, wasn't it? They kept uh, saying, like, you're too injured. Glass ankles. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they, they, also told, they also sort of... I mean, there was a number of things on the scouting report, apparently. I mean, famously, there are a number of things on that scouting report. Um, but, you know, uh, ultimately, they were both told they weren't, they weren't suitable in some way for the sport, right? Final... To wrap it up, guys, just got a nice comment here from J. James Alward on Twitter. Just listen to the latest at the Front Free app. I love it when Kristen Hennage is on. He is like yeah. the ultimate... Super sub. Thanks, James. Chris appreciates oh. that, don't you, Chris? Doesn't that. like it when you're a starter. Oh. He just likes it when you sort of come in as a, you know, a yeah, just likes himself. Yeah. Um, a bit like his messes. Yeah. Oh, hey! <laughs> Bloody yeah. He yeah. I'm not there. sure he likes you on the podcast anymore, mate. You'll love that. Yeah.
Um, listen, guys, that brings an end to the front free QA podcast on that uh, rather controversial note. Revelation. Uh, Look, Chris is fucking one of the listeners' wives. I mean, Kristen. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's quite something. I mean, if the good people want to go and follow you on Twitter and, you know, maybe uh, see pictures of other people's wives, apparently, uh, where it's can not. they go? All right. Yeah. Plural. Creep. <laughs> um, <laughs> at K-H-E-N-E-A-G. The ultimate philanderer. And uh, Lawrence, where can people get? Um, at a lost cast. L-O-Z-C-A-S-T. And Dave. Well, today we're going to be at the front three. T-H-E-F-R-O-N-T with the number three. <laughs> He's bloody Great done it. You can follow me on Twitter, Adam, but we'll definitely go to the Football Republic. Definitely go to the Football Republic. This is a YouTube channel. Me and Chris were on there earlier today. Go and check it out. Until Wednesday. See you later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market have a great weekend bye